0: Welcome to the Keisha Wright Show, a weekly faith-based podcast for sisters, where we talk about everything concerning women. You name it, we'll cover it. There's no issue or topic off limits to God, and on this podcast, we'll expand the conversations. I'm your host and humble servant, Keisha Wright, licensed mental health therapist in the state of Maryland and Transformation Coach. As a therapist, it is my responsibility to advise you that this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for services from your very own mental health professional. Hello, 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 my beautiful sisters. How are you today? This is Keisha, your humble servant, And as always, I want to extend a very heartfelt thank you and genuine appreciation for tuning in and supporting my show. As I do at the beginning of each episode, I want to inquire about how you are doing. This was the topic of my very first episode, and if you have not had an opportunity to listen to it, I strongly encourage you to do so. That very first episode is like the foundation of subsequent episodes. And I need you to evaluate from the perspective that I offered on episode one, how you are doing. So what I want to know is, have you checked in with yourself since last week? Listen, you don't have to do a weekly check. You can check in with yourself every day. You have to start making yourself a priority. So last week during the check-in, I asked you about your sleeping and your eating, and I stressed the importance of being very intentional of taking care of our bodies and of getting proper rest. This week during our check-in, I want you to evaluate your relationships. This is something that we don't think about. We just, you know, we're involved in all of these relationships and we don't even think about how these relationships are impacting us. So my question is, have you evaluated your relationships lately? How are your relationships? I ask you that because your relationships do impact you. So how are they impacting you, sisters? Are they healthy relationships? Are they draining? Are they toxic? Are they encouraging? If you find that your relationships are taxing you, just make the necessary changes. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't criticize yourself. Don't be angry with the person that you're in the relationship with. Listen, you can make choices. And if the relationship is not working for you, if it's non-reciprocal, if you find yourself always pouring out and not getting anything in return, if you know that this relation in this relationship you've become an enabler, Simply make the adjustments. You deserve it. And so does the person that you're involved in the relationship with. Make the change. You deserve it. So that's our check-in. And I'm going to move right into the topic for today. So last week, we talked about busyness. B-U-S-Y, N-E-S-S. And the topic was, is busyness your distraction? Listen, sisters, we have things that we are supposed to be doing. A lot of us know what our assignment from God is and others of us do not. Either way, we all know that we do have an assignment and we cannot fulfill our assignment if we allow ourselves to be distracted. So last week I talked about busyness as a distraction. This week, the topic is pretty much the same. I just kind of switched one word. I wanna know, is disappointment your distraction? Is disappointment your distraction? So before I go into all of what I have to say today, I want to first give you the definition that I am talking about when I talk about disappointment. It's a very simple one. It's not super scientific. I got it straight from Webster's Dictionary. And the definition is failing to have your expectations met. Disappointment is, is when your expectations or hopes that you have, are, they're not met. And so disappointment is when someone or something fails to meet your expectations or, or things that you have, have hoped for do not come to fruition. So I want you to fully understand that disappointment is not as innocent as it sounds. You know, a lot of times we just say, oh, I'm just disappointed, you know, and we don't really fully consider the impact that disappointment has on us. Disappointment, sisters, is an emotion, you know, because it causes sadness or unhappiness. And so it it is a direct spinoff from sadness. Which, if left unchecked, can lead to depression. So, let me clarify what I mean when I say depression. I am not solely talking about depression from a psychological perspective, you know, where we talk about chronic sadness that negatively affects how you feel, think, and act. I am talking about depression in its totality. I'm talking about depression from a perspective like when you just feel weighted down where something is just pushing you down. You're not necessarily sad, right? You're fully functioning. You know, you're getting up, you're going to work, you're participating in your DLAs, which which is an acronym for daily living activities. Like you're doing all of the things that you're supposed to be doing, but for some reason, your wings are just heavy and you can't fly because something is weighting you down. Something is weighing you down. It's, de- it's depressing you. It's pushing you down. And so I want you to consider what that might be if you feel it. So I'm going to give you a few words that are like synonymous with depression because you may not even recognize it as depression. Like, are you feeling like just, just bummed out? Like, you know, nothing bad is really happening in my life. In fact, things are going pretty well, but it's just this feeling that I can't shake. Like I feel bummed out. I feel burdened. I'm having feelings of dejection, rejection, and nothing is really going on that I should be feeling that way. I'm feeling oppressed. I just feel weighted down. I'm weighed down. It could be some disappointment that you're harboring. And so based on what I have just described, I, I want you to think about what impact have disappointments in your life had on you? What impact have disappointments in your life had on you? And are these disappointments now a distraction? So as a mental health therapist, I'm going to share with you four themes, four themes that have been common amongst many of my clients. And my clients are predominantly women over the age of 40. And so listen, just because I keep talking about women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s does not mean that if you're younger than that, that you need to turn off my podcast. That's not what I'm saying. Because this information is relevant to you too, right? But I'm just, i just gotta be honest. That is the age group that God has has assigned me to. Women that are like me, even though I'm well past my 40s, I'm in my 50s, you know, And but it doesn't mean that I am leaving out you know, anybody that is does not fit or is, is younger than 40. So keep listening, sister. If you're listening, do not turn me off just because you're not 40. So um the the four things that I noticed with my clients um when it comes to disappointment, um they, they it they it's very subtle, right? And until somebody points it out to you you may not even realize that you're having some challenges in these four areas or that these four things, one of these four things, or all of these four things may be playing a role in why you feel so disappointed. So the first one is, it's called a rival fallacy. A rival fallacy. I wish that I could say I came up with that, but I did not you know, in my reading, like you all, I say every week, I just love to read, read, read. So in my reading um, and some of my, my, you know, my my study time, I came across this term, arrival fallacy as it relates to disappointment. And this term was coined by a Harvard psychologist named Tal, T-A-L, Ben-Shahar. And what arrival fallacy is, it's a false belief that when we achieve what we have worked so hard for and sacrificed for that we will be happy forever. So like, so like once I achieve this particular goal that I have sacrificed time, money, relationships, you know, been up all night studying, whatever it is that you've had to do to, to achieve this goal, the full expectation is that when we arrive at this goal, that life is just going to be hunky-dory. You know, and so what happens is, you know, we don't realize that once that we had that initial eu- euphoric feeling that we reach once we reach that once we meet this goal, um, we don't realize that that is a fleeting feeling. It It doesn't last forever. And so when I thought about that, you know, I was like, it took me. It made me think about James, the book of James in the Bible, the book of James 4:14. I think it sums it up perfectly in that in that particular scripture it says, whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow for what is your life it is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. So a lot of times we put all of our time and our energy, into this, this, this goal that we plan to achieve. And once we get there, either it's not as fulfilling as we thought it would be or the the euphoria or the, the, the feelings of happiness and gladness that we experience as a result of, of reaching the goal quickly fade away. Why does it fade away? It's simple, L-I-F-E, life. We get hit with life. And then, so what happens is we, we have, we've put all of this work in only to find out that once we reach the goal, the feeling of happiness is fleeting. And so now all of this energy that I was expending and it, you know, we feel like it's, it, it was just, it wasn't worth it. And that's not true. It's just that we have to put things in proper perspective. So theme number one is a rival fallacy. I notice I that a lot in my sessions. Like, I've done all of this. I put my all into this. I put my all into planning this wedding. You know, I get to the day of the wedding and thinking that this is going to be it. And it's not. Two weeks afterwards, my husband and I are not getting along. And then like, so what was all of that sacrifice for? Like, it's putting all of your time and your energy and your hopes and your dreams into this one thing. And then when we get it, we expect life to be, you know, just just um, fairy tale. And then when that doesn't happen, huge—it's dis- a huge disappointment. And some of us have a difficult time getting over that. So the second thing—the first one is arrival fallacy. The second thing about disappointment, and one of the themes that I noticed is that disappointment from childhood experiences. Though those disappointments from childhood experiences. They, they grab hold to us and they kind of lock us up and we don't even really understand what's happening. So let me, let me expound on that a little bit. Many of us have experienced things in our childhoods that, that have caused us to internalize past hurts. Hurts that at the time that they took place, you know, we weren't able to articulate, you know, and these hurts because we, were, we never really dealt with them. They have caused destruction in our, in our lives. I mean, and again, I say it's subtle. Destructive attitudes, destructive, destructive behaviors. You know, when we were children and we had these experiences and we weren't able to articulate them or our caretakers missed them, we develop our own way of coping as children. It's amazing. We, we come up with our own way of survival and we create these childlike coping strategies to help us get through and what happens is once we create these defense mechanisms if no one ever corrects them if that pain is never dealt with we take these these same childlike defenses into adult situations and they don't work they don't work so now you know it, we're distracted what do you mean, Keisha? Let me give you some examples. Like when we were a child, we could just shut down and not talk, right? You know, if if the painful situation that occurred was because you talked and you experienced some disappointment or some pain as a result of it, so now the child doesn't talk. The child just shuts down. And for some of us in our adult life, we're still using that childhood defense mechanism where we just can't even communicate, right? You get what I'm saying? And so, this is not a criticism. This is just how it happens. It's so normal. If it goes unchecked, it just happens and it becomes a distraction. It stops us from being able to reach our full potential because we can't even we can't even communicate. That's just one example. Let me see, can I think of another example along the same lines? If we experience things in our childhood where we don't trust adults, you know, that doesn't go away if no one helps us work through those feelings or if we don't trust men, you know, if something happens to us and we, we don't, we experience some disappointment and I'm not even talking about, it has to be anything like really, really bad, even though that's included too. Let's say something like if we have a father, which was my case, you know, sometimes my dad just wasn't dependable. I love him with all my heart but he just wasn't dependable all the time. He didn't keep his word all the time. So what happened, you know, me not being able to articulate what that pain was or that disappointment, I grow up with a feeling that men are just not dependable. Right? And and that is just how easy that thing happens. And so what, what happens as a result of that? We're in these relationships, we're trying to have relationships with men and it's not just romantic relationships. It can be very platonic, but because that most important relationship with our father was not one that was um, dependable. If our father was not trustworthy, that's the feeling that that childhood defense mechanism where, okay, I'm just not gonna trust my father. I'm not going to, you know, when he says he's gonna do something, I'm just not gonna believe him or whatever have you. That thing carries over into your adult life and now it's a distraction, Because now you can't really get along with men or you don't, you don't trust, you have some insecurity things going on. So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about the subtlety of how disappointment can become a distraction in our lives. So the first theme that I talked about, and I'm saying theme like that because I want you to know that I'm saying T-H-E-M-E and not T-H-I-N-G. So the first theme that I noticed is a rival fallacy. The second theme surrounding disappointment is the impact that um, childhood experiences have on us and how we carry our childhood defense mechanisms into adult situations, which can become a distraction. The third thing is, oh, oh I wanted to say one more thing about childhood experiences. One of the greatest things that I noticed is the the, the with my sisters that have had these childhood experiences. Is that they are always in protective mode. And when you're in protective mode, um, if your defense mechanism is protective, which it always is, it stops us from realizing our full potential because we're just afraid. We don't have the we don't feel free enough to do certain things because we're we gotta protect ourselves. Okay, so I just wanted to circle back and say that. It's in my notes, but I forgot to mention it. So I'm moving on to the third thing. The third theme is we have this tremendous disappointment in people. You know, that theme is that we rely too heavily on people for our happiness and for our fulfillment. So, you know, my question to you as it relates to that topic is what happens to you when you're disappointed by people? Are you frustrated because you feel... Unsupported by someone that that you expect to support you, this is that person that whenever they call you, you're there, but when you call them, they're nowhere to be found. You reach out to them, and you you know you you were just there for them yesterday, and you experience something in your life, and you call them, and that joker don't answer the phone, and and you know they might have been busy, but they don't even take the time to call you back. They don't text you. They just ghost. I'm telling you, that is a hurting feeling when you are involved in non-reciprocal relationships. I talked about that earlier when I asked you during the check-in, like, what's going on with these relationships? These non-reciprocal relationships are very disappointing and we don't realize how these disappointments from people are impacting us. And so I asked you, are you um, frustrated? because you feel unsupported by someone that you expect to support you? Um, How are you handling it when you reach out to someone that is supposed to be there and they don't even take the time to respond? And the third thing I want to ask you about disappointment, um, being disappointed by people, um, are you so disappointed in someone that you ruminate or constantly think about them and how they disappointed you? Like you're just... You just can't get over it. And so if you answered yes or, you know, if you can found yourself in any of those three questions, you might be suffering from disappointment, um, distraction related to people. So I just want you to give that some thought. For some of us, like I said earlier, we put too much weight on people and, and we expect them to make us happy. And that's not, you know, that just doesn't always happen. And so... When people disappoint us, we have to be very careful because the, the four things that are very common that happen when people disappoint us we, we go into depression, which is low mood, you know the chronic sadness we we get angry when anger from the from the person who has not met our um, expectations it, it, it begins to spill over into other areas of our lives that are not even directly related to the person or the situation. We become apathetic, we begin to, you know, we become indifferent and passive to life. And we have feelings of helplessness, hopelessness. We lack energy. We tend to stay in relationships, that theme keeps coming up. We tend to stay in relationships that are, that are unhealthy. Overall, we're just frustrated with our lives. And sometimes it all stems from disappointments that we have not addressed. Another thing that happens when we're disappointed in people, we start, we begin to experience fear. The disappointing situation causes us to be fearful because we don't want to experience that disappointment again. So like I said earlier, when I was talking about childhood experiences, we do whatever we can to avoid feeling that thing. And so we don't realize how disappointment can really impact us. So the fourth thing, and I'm not going to talk about this one so much today, I'm going to do a part two next week because I think um, this fourth one is just kind of too much to go into, disappointment in God. So number one the, of the four themes is arrival fallacy. Number two it's the disappointment from childhood experiences that keep us in bondage and locked up you know? And then there is the the third thing is disappointment in people. And disappointment in people causes us to experience depression and anger, apathy, and fear. And number four, disappointment in God. And we do not want to talk about that, right? That is an uncomfortable thing. Because you know, we just don't feel like we should be, we, we should be disappointed in God. And I'm here to tell you that it's okay if you feel disappointed in God. Like for some of us, that is the barrier to our healing because we don't want to say, God, I am disappointed in you. I'm disappointed in you. I mean, and here's the thing anyway, he's an all knowing God, so he already knows. Some of us are angry and disappointed in God and we don't want to deal with it. So I need you to tune in. If you want to get this particular um, message or what I'm going to be talking about concerning our disappointment in God, you have to tune in next week. That's when I'm going to address that. So um, now I'm going to talk about how do we move past these disappointments? Now, please bear in mind that I was very intentional about saying, how do we get over? Because I think that is so insensitive. You know how people just say, just get over it. Like what is not something serious to you, to someone else, it might be something that really devastates their world because you really don't know all of what they've gone through. So one simple one situation that you see as being simple that somebody should just be able to get over, the next person can't do it. So let's be careful and sensitive you know, when we are addressing certain things with our loved ones, with our friends and family. So I am saying, how do we move past disappointment? Sisters, we have to move past it. We have to. And it doesn't mean just because we move past it, saying that we move past it, it gives us the right to go back and revisit it if we have to, or if we're triggered. If we're triggered, if something happens to trigger us, we now, we don't feel guilty because we're not over it. We know that we we have just gotten past it. And no matter what happens, we're not going to let it lock us up again. We're going to just go on and deal with whatever feelings we have and then we're going to keep it moving. So let's talk about some things, um, some ways that we can move past our disappointment. Number one, we must confront the disappointment within ourselves. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. We must confront the disappointment within ourselves Sometimes we need to do and I am so into self-checks. We need to we need to figure some things out within ourselves before we go outside and try to confront other people or talk to other people about it because sometimes we're, we we don't even know where we are within ourselves. And there's a caveat to this. So, you know, just wait until I get to the end and you'll understand what I'm saying. So, I'm talking about we must confront the disappointment within ourselves. You know, let it out. You know, admit to yourself that this is what's going on. Admit how you feel and explore why this disappointment has such a great hold on you. Why has this disappointment become a distraction in your life? Like really think about it. Sometimes this is hard because it requires that we go back and address feelings that are just uncomfortable. And sometimes it will require us to to address the people, the person that has caused us the disappointment. But I encourage you to, to, to get gain some clarity, label your feelings and gain some clarity on what's going on with you before you address the person that caused you the disappointment. Because if you are not clear and you cannot artic- articulate how this person made you feel or how this disappointment impacted you, I promise you that the conversation is going to be chaotic. So you have to be clear. And another thing that I always tell my clients, like, you know, I'm down with confrontation. Like I've sat in sessions with my clients who have had to address people, confront people and, you know, on very difficult situations. But one thing that I always say to them is be prepared because just because you confront it, it doesn't mean that that person is going to give you the response that you need for your healing. You see what I'm saying? So don't be so quick to go confront people. Prepare for it. And understand, like when you go to confront somebody, your sole objective at the time of the confrontation should simply be to express yourself. If you go in with the full expectation that this person is going to admit to what they did, that they're going to support you, they're going to apologize, I'm telling you, you're setting yourself up for something that just may not happen. You're gonna walk away with another disappointment because the person just didn't respond the way that you felt like you deserved for them to respond. So don't be in a hurry to go do the confrontation. Sometimes there is some preparation that has to happen before you go to, to address someone. And I got a little bit off, but I just felt like I wanted to tell you that because a lot of times we run to these people to express how we feel and we walk away more damaged than when we went in because nobody, no one prepared us for the letdown if this person denied what we're saying or just didn't give us the support that we thought we deserved. Okay, so let me see, where am I? I got a little bit off right there, but please just take that to heart because I don't want you sisters to go confront someone and you come away even more wounded than when you went in. And so here's another thing. If you have found that your disappointment is a distraction, it means that the feelings concerning the situation have not passed through you and are stuck somewhere. I'm still on number one when I'm giving you things that you can do to move past disappointment. I'm still on number one where we must confront the disappointment within ourselves. So sometimes, you know, feelings get stuck. Feelings are not meant to get stuck in us. They're supposed to, we're supposed to experience something, process through it, and then let it pass. That's, that's what's supposed to happen. And we all know that that doesn't happen. And when feelings get stuck, that's where the problems start, right? It's just like, um, ideally, when we are disappointed, you know, when we experience disappointment, I say the feelings are supposed to pass. And a lot of times when feelings don't pass, we become emotionally constipated. We all backed up in emotions. And I, I, forgive me for having to use that analogy, but I really want you to get it. It's like when we eat food, you know, God designed our bodies for food. Once we, when we're eating food, like healthy food, we're supposed to take it in and then we're supposed to release it. It's supposed to pass through us. So what happens is when we eat poorly and we're not taking care of ourselves, we get constipated. And a lot of times, a lot of the diseases and the things, the illnesses that we have, are because we're not passing our food like we're supposed to. It is the same thing with your feelings. When your feelings get stuck and they don't pass like they're supposed to, it causes us to become emotionally constipated. So just like we have to make necessary steps to regulate our bowels, we have to do the same work to regulate our emotions, okay? So again, I say, forgive that analogy, but it was necessary. So that was the first thing. The first one is we must confront the disappointment within ourselves. And I gave you several things to consider while you're confronting your own self. The second thing that we have to do is we have to evaluate. We have to evaluate and adjust. We have to evaluate and adjust our expectations. So what do you mean when you say that? You know, a lot of us, our, our our expectations are unrealistic and unhealthy. So what do you mean by that, Keisha? I, I think the, the best way is to give you an example. You know, as women, you know, a lot of us have the desire to be at-home wives, at-home mothers, but I have a question, and this is just an analogy. So if this is you, don't take it personally. It's just an example, you know, so... If you know that your husband can't afford to take care of your family on his income alone, why do you have the expectation of being a stay-at-home wife and mom? You know, that's where your, your expectations may be just a little lofty right now. And so you're always gonna find yourself in a place of disappointment if your expectations are unrealistic. So my question to you is, are your expectations of yourself and of others, are they realistic or are they a little lofty? And just because you can't do that, have that expectation fulfilled now, it doesn't mean that it will never happen. So I'm asking you to evaluate and adjust your expectations. Your evaluation could also reveal that your expectations are due to wanting what someone else has. That's another problem. And it's going to cause you some disappointment because your life just may not play out like the next person's life. So if you find yourself, if this is, you know, if this sounds like you, then evaluate and adjust your expectations. Number three, you have to stop dwelling on the disappointment. Listen sisters, this is a choice. A lot of us get stuck because we dwell on it too much. And that's a choice that we make every day. You know, we we we're so disappointed that this whole thing is is disrupting our ability to focus and it stops us from moving forward. You have to put things into a different perspective, a more healthy perspective. And if you can't think of one healthy thing about this this disappointment that you suffered, I'm gonna give you one. The healthy perspective that you can now consider after listening to this particular episode is that you survived. The disappointment didn't kill you. The pain didn't take you out. You're here. And then there's tomorrow. There are things to do. So you have to look forward. You have to start looking forward and stop looking backwards and dwelling on this disappointment, right? So the first thing that we have to do in order to move past disappointment, excuse me, we must confront the disappointment within ourselves. Number two, we have to evaluate and adjust our expectations. Number three, we have to stop dwelling on it. Number four is forgiveness. Please do not push stop on this podcast because I say (laughs) forgive. I'm telling you, forgiveness is hard. Put the work in, sis. You got to let go of the anger. Let go of the resentment and let go of the thoughts of revenge. I know, I know, I know you don't want to hear that. Some of us are plotting right now. What we're going to do to get back at somebody or the disappointment that they've caused us. And I'm telling you, let it go. Forgiveness is your freedom. Forgiveness is for you. It's not for the next person, right? I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing when you are able to forgive someone, but the real the real blessing in forgiveness is that you are no longer harboring all of these feelings that are weighting you down. You're releasing the person. You're taking them down off of the cross that you've nailed them to, right? So forgiveness is for you, sisters. So listen, do that work. Forgive them. Let go of the anger. Let go of the resentment and stop plotting your revenge. Stop. I'm telling you, just stop. So that's the fourth thing that we can do to move past disappointment. The fifth thing is Accept that this disappointment is a part of your story and put a Romans 8.28 on it. Like really, truly believe that it too is working together for your good. Now, uh, you know, like I try to be transparent. I'm telling you like this right here, this this one, accepting that this disappointment is a part of my story. Whoo! this had me hung up for a long time. A long time. I experienced a situation where the disappointment was so great and and and, and I think it, it was so hard because I simply did not want to accept it as part of my story. I was angry. I was angry with the person that caused me the disappointment and I was angry with God that he allowed this to be a part of my story. I just... Like, I'm telling you, and you don't even really understand. And I'm going to get more into that later as I share more of my life and some of the things that I've been through. It's not for this particular um, episode, but it's coming. I'm telling you it's coming. But here's the thing. And right after I thought that I got over that particular situation, like two years later, I was hit with something else that I just don't want to be a part of my story. Yes, I'm I'm banging on my desk. Okay, calm down, Keisha. Like seriously. That is a huge thing sometimes like we grieve. We grieve what we had before the disappointment, right? And so that's a that's a, that's very important. Like sometimes, you know, some of the disappointment that we experience, it is life altering. It's life altering. And we have to allow ourselves to grieve what no longer is so that we can move forward and we have to accept it as a part of our story. So listen, sisters, now I can tell you, I can see how God is using that disappointment that I experienced. He's sending women to me that when they come and they tell me their story, I can relate to them in a whole nother kind of way because now it's going beyond my book knowledge to experiential Sis, been there, done that. I had that same issue. I experienced that same kind of disappointment. And I'm telling you, you're you, you you're looking at someone that made it through and so can you. So sis, if you don't hear anything else today, like just accept that disappointment for what it is. It's a part of your story now, sis. Romans eight twenty eight. 28, stop giving it so much power and you will see that God will use it, right? And so the last thing is know when you need help. And so I kept that for last because the first point, which was you must confront the disappointment within yourselves. Everybody can't do that. You can't do it on your own. If you need a therapist, find you a good therapist. I mean, and I appreciate, you know, pastors and friends that want to be there, but sometimes the emotional distress that some of us feel, you need to talk to a person that is trained and can help you process through your feelings. Only you know how serious it is. If you feel like your pastor or your girlfriend or someone else can help you get through it, then that's good. By all means, go to them. But if you know that your disappointment and some of the things that you have been through is deeper, is deeper, is deeper, and you need some professional help, don't be ashamed to do that. So get you some help, okay? So the six things, six things that we can do to move past disappointment. One, We must confront the disappointment within ourselves. Two, we must evaluate and adjust our expectations. Three, we have to stop dwelling on it. That's a choice. We have automatic negative thoughts, which we call ants that are related to this situation. We have distorted thoughts, so we have to learn how to identify those things, replace those thoughts with something that is more positive and accurate and stop dwelling on the disappointment. Four, forgiveness. You got to get to a place of forgiveness, sis. It's for you. It's not for the person, it's for you. Number five, we have to accept that the disappointment is a part of our story and we're going to put a Romans 8.28 on it. And number six, we're going to know when to reach out for help, whether it mean help from a, a, a trained mental health therapist, your pastor, your girlfriend, your, your teacher, whomever. If you need help, get you some help. So in closing... Um, I want to say a prayer, you know, about this situation with disappointment, being a distraction. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for this time. We thank you for revealing things in us that we need to see. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I pray for my sisters that are experiencing disappointment. Father, I pray that you would just touch them, God, and help them to get on the path to healing so that they can fulfill the purpose and the assignment that you have called them to. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. So in closing, I want to say visit my website to learn more about me and to get connected. Feel free to shoot me an email and share your thoughts about this episode or other episodes. If you want to stay up to date on what's going on with my show, subscribe and follow me on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review me in the app as this helps spread the word and grow my listenership. Share my podcast, sisters, with everyone in your world that you think will benefit from this very timely content. Again, I thank you for tuning in and I look forward to sharing with you next week. Until then, peace and love.